this is bridging the gap for me. You hit the little square button. Oh. If it's recording while you're doing your Zoom, you go into Zoom. Huh? It'll probably still record, and then you just press your home button, and then go back. Tasha, do you know yeah. how to put Zoom up here at the same time as the voice memo? So if you just want her to have her voice, the headphones need to go into where the Zoom is. Just click this, yeah. like this. So now it's recording. And then you stop. You're just going to click that. So what, what was that, Kayla? Click the three dots. Mom's going to put the headset on. To make them louder, though. You just need to keep them on. Takes me a while. Click the record, and off you go. Bridging the gap between generations who assume things about each other. <laughs> hey, it's time for, um, I'm going to say it, bridging the gap between generations who assume things about each other. And I'm Stephanie Wolf. And I'm Karen Johnson Diamond. And now I'll try to say that backwards. Other <gasps> each about. Please do it. Assume that <laughs> generations between gap. Now, can you say it phonetically like <laughs> revolution number nine? Paul is dead. Paul is dead. Miss him. Miss him. <laughs> Do you know that I there used to be a song, speaking of generations, when my kids were little, it was um, the backwards alphabet and it was done by They Might Be Giants and it was so good and we all knew it. We could all do it. And I can't remember it now, but it's so good. We'll, maybe we'll put a link to it. If only there was some sort of internet highway like that you could search they up something like that They should make a thing where, they, where all the stuff yeah. in the world is on a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Not an encyclopedia, something that's bigger than that. Speaking of all the things in the world, this guest we have today is the world to me. So it's 20 years now that I've known this lovely lady. Let me give her a little bit of an intro. Every single night of the week, she's out volunteering for some theater organization, seeing a show, doing front of house, working a casino, a fundraiser, bingo. Diane Blackwell. Hello, Diane. Hello, Karen and Stephanie. Hi, nice. So nice to meet you. I've heard so much about you. I'm thrilled. I can't wait to get talking. I think I saw you in a movie Sunday night. Amazing, right? It's meant to be. Meet Me at Christmas Hallmark movie was recently uh, released on the WM Network, starring none other than my co-host Stephanie Wolf in the part of Paige, who owns the flower shop. And Griffin Cork, that's Karen Johnson. Oh, that's right. My son is in there. Old I, son. Yeah. I have no idea what he does or who he plays. That's what's kind of he, bad mother. Oh, I he am. just has so much fun. I think it's also important that I tell you people that I just said, hello, Diane, which is never the way that I address her. I always say, hi, Diane. I want everyone to say it with me right now. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hi, Diane. Hi, Diane. Hi. <laughs> hey, Diane. Tell us anything you want to about yourself. If you're comfortable, tell us your age, tell us where you're from, etc. But give us a short bio of you. I'm 76 years old. I've always been interested in the theater. I volunteered as first, as Karen said. And then luckily I I obtained a job and the rest is history. And you have uh, kids and grandkids? Yes, I have three children and uh, five grandchildren. And how old are your grandchildren? The oldest one's going to be 22. The youngest one's 11. Wow. That's a great span. And they live very, two of them, the one that you saw uh, came today to help me out with the computer. They're just in Acadia, which is a mixed community over. So we're very, very oh, close. So I'm wonderful. so lucky. The others live in Airdrie, which is not, not far away either. Shout out to Kayla and Tasha and Bill for their assistance getting Diane set up for the podcast recording. Uh, Diane, where did you grow up? 
at Royal Oak, Michigan. Oh, <laughs> I did not expect that. When did you come to Canada? I got married in 1970. I think it was 70. It's been so long. We've been married 52 years. We have made that milestone. I met Bill on a blind date. He was living in Windsor, Ontario, or London, Ontario at the time. And uh, I was a teacher, grade one teacher. Moved out to Calgary. Our son was born here two months after we moved here. And Calgary's been our home ever since. Oh, I think I might cry through this interview because I'm learning things about you I didn't know. I don't think I knew you met your husband on a blind date, and now I'm all romantic about that. <laughs> well, Diane, this podcast that Stephanie and I have started here is what we call bridging the gap between generations who assume things about each other. And so far, we've been interviewing guests who are younger than us. And what do those nine-year-olds think about Steffi and I, who are mid-50s? Um, and we haven't had an opportunity yet to speak. Is that Bill? Is that Bill? Behind? Yes, it is. Hi, That's the husband, Bill. Here, Bill. Karen wants to say hello. Hi. Hi, Bill. How are you? <laughs> I'm the theater person here. The other yeah. one really enjoys theater. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we get to make, if it's okay with you, we're going to make some assumptions about what our lives might be like when we're 76 or what your life is like now. Um, and then we'd love it if you would say back to us things that you remember about being 54, 55 or things that you think might be different now for us than it was for you when you were 54, 55. Is that a lot of instructions? No, and it's okay. Okay. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I'm going to make an assumption. Staying married for 52 years is a lot of bleeping work. Am I right about that? Yes. <laughs> That's all we have to say about that. <laughs> no, I mean, time goes by so fast, really. I mean, at a show at ATP one day, the host said that. For fun, how many people would marry 10 years? They raised their hands and they went to 20 and went to 30. And then when they came to 50, there were still a few people who were married 50 years. Wow. And I thought, whoa, that's such a long time. I must I have been know. married about 25 years at that, that time. And I thought, I'm going to make 50 years. I mean, it just seemed an impossible number. And here we passed it by two years. Oh, so, so wonderful. Yeah, it, it's very different. I um, The one thing is I, I was older when I got married. I was 24. Right. I, I did go to university. That's not but true. one of my roommates, and I'll never forget that because she was young, probably 18 or 19. She was getting married. I said, well, you're pretty young, you know, to get married at, at that age. And she said, uh, oh, well, if it doesn't work out, I could, I could just divorce. And that shocked me. And I remember that to this day. Because we didn't, I didn't know anybody at that time that, you know, my friends, families and stuff like that, they were weird. They're all a unit. But I thought that's an awful thing to start yeah. off with thinking that you don't go through these problems. And yes, 52 years, you think, oh my goodness. But there comes a time now where you always remember the very good things that have happened through the years. If I really get annoyed, I think, oh, I remember when we did this because we're old. Well, one of the things different. we say when we get married is for better or worse. Exactly. And I think that's there because nothing is rosy all the time. And so those moments when we have to get through, we have to go, oh, this is one of those times where we have to 
dig deep and make some choices and move forward. That's very interesting that she said that. And you know what? Here's an interesting generational thing is you said 24 was old. So my question is in 1970, was that considered old to get married? Because I didn't get married till I was 28. And a lot of my friends didn't get married till yeah, they were same. I was 27. I never thought of age. It's just, I always thought of this as a number. And at, right. at only 24, but I did, um, I didn't date a lot. I, I was very introverted. So I, you know, always wanted to have a boyfriend. And when I met Bill, it was just instant. Oh, and he was 26 and he waited till I graduated from school. Oh. And then we had the wedding a year later. So I didn't think of it as being old, but here's so many young people, but. I mean, I was just a kid in university when this girl said that. And she was younger than me. And I thought, whoa, you know, you're better for worse type of a thing. Yeah. But of course, I was going to have the perfect family, perfect yeah. husband, and right out of Father Knows Best in that era right. where when you saw all the sitcoms like that there, you know, yeah. that I'm going to come home. And kids are all going to be happy and make cookies for them. And- and every no. problem will be solved in 27 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know my mom, Diane, uh, yes. who is just slightly older than you. And she gave me two pieces of advice when I was thinking about marrying my husband, who I've now been married to for 26 years. She said two things. First of all, you, you can't think about the wedding day. You have to see past the wedding day. So don't, ev- don't imagine how great you're going to look in your dress. Imagine how you're going to look in your pajamas in front of each other. And then think about you're both 80 and you're both sitting on the front porch and you're losing your teeth and you've put on weight. Do you still love him? And I went, yeah. And she went, okay, then you can marry him. Like You have to see the 82-year-old person with no teeth. And so even now she says to my son when he talks to her about the girls, she'll say, is this a serious relationship? And he'll go, oh, Oma, 82, no teeth for sure. And she goes, great. Oh, I love that. That's the standard. One of the best standards advice. I got was, um, I remember going to my sister's wedding. My sister is 10 years older than me, uh, one of my sisters. And I remember um, the person who was marrying them said, I want you to look around the room. I want you to look around the congregation. If you see your best friend sitting out there, you're marrying the wrong person. And I, I just oh, remember like, oh. oh, when I got shivers. And I thought, yeah, because that's what lasts, right? Anyway, it was an interesting moment. But I took that with me. So when I met my husband, I was like, looked around the room and went, no, he's my best friend. Yep. Oh, <laughs> that's beautiful. Hey, Diane, did you get advice from your parents on marriage? No. And did you give any to your kids about marriage? No. <laughs> my son, Billy, was working in Japan as a school teacher for many years. And he um, met a girl, funnily enough, in, Ca- in Canada, in Calgary. She was taking English lessons, and they went to skiing together. And he went back to Japan because he knew that he would not live in Japan. Made sure that she was quite okay to come to Canada. Well, she's very Western, and you would never know that. So he really took his time. They, they talked that through. So it, it's, it's, that's really a nice story. Debbie's, you know, my, my daughter is, has found romance finally. And she's, and so I'm glad she's going through that stage where she has that, that first love. Yeah. I didn't think, yeah. And now she's got it and, and she's older and they're just, uh, you know, doing really well together. So I thought, oh, it's a nice surprise. And my youngest son, um, 
adopted their first child. So he was with a blended family. That's the only grandchild I thought I was ever going to have. Everything changes so fast at that time. You know, so those are a lot of fast changes. I have a question about the 70s because I was born in 1965 and you said you were married around 1970. And you said you were sort of more of a introverted kind of person. How did the 70s affect you? Like the, the hippies and the whole kind of breakdown post, post Vietnam kind of freedom kind of, did you kind of, did that affect you in any way or were you sort of, beyond that and just working on your own life at that time? I just didn't react to that. I thought it was kind of cool, you know, in San Francisco. I mean, I remember all that. Um, My brother was in the the Vietnam War. And that was was a different thing that my, that was the only one in the family. My older brother, they're all drafted at the time. He spent time in Greasy. He was only looking at but my other brother actually fought in it so that was a shock you know he didn't talk much about it but I remember writing him letters in the in the times like that but so no I guess it was in La La Land no 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 it's just interesting because that that was happening around but people were still going on with their lives It, it shaped a generation but not everybody had to be in the center of the upheaval so I was just curious what I find the biggest difference and I don't even know if it's age or not but husbands are taking more part in the that we did they were the roles are different mm-hmm. and you see I when you hear my husband does all the cooking it, you know he likes to do that I let him do that when I started um, working and a lot of my friends their husbands do all the cooking and you know, I know men like to cook and that's great but it seems like that's more and more you know we're very traditional roles and I think, you know, and that's, that's interesting because I would have assumed in your generation that you still would be in that bracket of husband works and comes home and you have everything made and you're in an apron, like you say, and the kids are happily reading a book on the floor. So we all people, laugh. <laughs> yeah, people tend to say to me that it was my generation when the husband started to take more responsibility. And it's really interesting to hear you say, that it was it was yours, and I, of course every family is different. And then you must see it again in your sons and how much interaction they have with their kids and stuff like that. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Did you ever wear an apron? Come on, ever? <laughs> no, I never wore an apron. But you know, I uh, was a stay-at-home mom, and we discussed that before we got. I I wanted to be a wife and a mom. That was my dream. Yeah, you know, See, and to me, I, that's, that's what feminism is. It's what you do, what works for you. And that's a yep. choice. And that's a good one. And if that's where you want to be, then that's where you should be. That's awesome. And yeah. hooray. <laughs> this is the first time over the last nine months. This is the first time I think that I'm in the role of wife that my husband loves. <laughs> because I've been like you, I've been working since Griffin was a year old. So we've always shared the parenting, etc. But I didn't, I wasn't a stay home mom. But as an actor, you know, you're stay home for six months, and then you're not and then you are and then you're not. But this weird last nine months of being here every night and cooking a meal for my husband, I'm not quite sure he knows what to do with me. I love being, I mean, that supper was always ready on time. And it, with the traditional roles, kids went to bed early and, you know, we had that little time to ourselves. But it's only when I started volunteering. Oh. I started volunteering for the CNIB yeah. and they did a lot of bingos. And so at that point, Bill took kind of over the cooking because I would go in the evening. 
And, but I had kids over for lunch because they could walk home from school. So I was surrounded by kids because I've always enjoyed them. I taught grade one. They were nice. Then. <laughs> they were real cute. Because of the series, The Crown, I don't know if either of you watched Oh, it, right. I just finished watching it. And then I went immediately and watched a, um, a documentary of Diana and, uh, and, and her working with the children and that being sort of a vocational pull to be you know, volunteering and helping. And that was her call in a way too. Um, I just thought of that because I finished watching it this afternoon. And, and I, I just finished it Saturday. <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that was, um, that was a little bit after the time. But again, it just, it just harkens to the fact that um, that's, if that's where you feel you are, are meant to contribute, then by all means, you should be able to, right? That's awesome. Diane, can you think of anything that that you think might be different for Steffi and I at the age of 55 than it was for you at the age of 55? Is there anything that you go, oh, when I was 55, I never could have, or I was never doing, or? It's such a funny story. I mean, I really was shy. And working in the theater has changed my whole life. (sighs) Totally changed. Because I... I was probably in a dark place. I always loved theater. And in Michigan, we used to go to the summer stock. But theater changed my life. And I'll, I'll say that forever. That oh. I would go up to people. So I wouldn't do that. I never went to parties. It was a whole new value. If I didn't have that, I think I would be a very different person. Wow. And I mean that to the end. That's I never felt like I was going to work. I always felt I was volunteering, tried to teach the volunteers the way I was treated. It, it literally changed me. I like school teaching, but it wasn't there that long because I was a stay-at-home mom and uh, I, I got that part-time job at the theater and that just led me to a whole new person. What about the theater changed you? Like, what was it about theater specifically that made a difference for you? The people. They are such a close-knit people, and I would get hugs from people, and they'd, be, come, they'd come up to see me, and I was sitting, and this person made me cry. This person made me laugh. The talent that I'm seeing on the stage, and I first looked at all the, the, the actors. I followed actors. If I knew they were going to be in a play, I made a point to go see them, because, and I was friends with them. Yeah. I knew them. They knew me. And at my retirement party, I was overwhelmed because I didn't realize that I finally realized that I made an impact finally, but I was stunned at, at the, at the result of how many people I stood on top of the stairs as Karen got me as queen costume to go down the stairs. I couldn't move. I just was, and I said, I got to do something, you know, and yes, theater, I honestly could say changed my life for the better. It brought me out of my shell. It brought me to places like people like Kip Griffin. I mean, now it's another movie star. And I mean, I just, think, but I, think I find the community yeah. very pleasant. I've oh, never that's... met anybody that I didn't like. Wow, I know there's awesome. Divas out there probably. I never saw oh. one. Well, you know what I miss you know? in this time of COVID? I miss the hugs. And that's one of the things that you go in for the hug. And it's so, it just is so life-giving. I agree 100% is that that theater hug. There's nothing like it. (laughs) You know, uh, Diane, it's wonderful to hear you talk about 
something that happened to you later in life that changed it? Because Steffi and I, as theater artists, and you as a theater patron and volunteer, our lives are completely shifted over the last nine months. We cannot perform live. What Steffi and I have done for a living for the last 32 years is completely at a standstill. So we are now, all of us in the theater are at a point where we have to be honest and say, can it come back? Or at 55, do I need to think about looking for something else that fulfills my life, right? And Mm -hmm. so to hear that you had everything you wanted in being a wife and mother and then still found something else that brought you joy is so, so encouraging. And honestly, for Steph and me, for me anyway, I can say starting a podcast has been a saving grace during this whole thing because... You can always speak for me, Katie. (laughs) Stephanie (laughs) loves Neil Diamond. There's no singer she loves more than Neil Diamond. (laughs) But I just mean, I, I never would have done this if this hadn't happened. So it is, it's reminding me of the positivity that you said, like that Mm-hmm. Something can change your life later in life and make it even better. It doesn't have to have been terrible. It can just make it even better. Yeah, that makes me really happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling really warm and good inside right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a feeling and, that's fleeting these days. That's And Diane is so famous in Calgary. Like, seriously, there isn't a theater person that doesn't know who she is. So when she stood at the top of the stairs at her retirement party, that lobby was filled. Oh, just that's beautiful. Anyway. And of course, she didn't retire. She just stopped getting paid for going to do what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really miss the theater out of all during COVID. That was a lot of my life. Yeah. From mail out to, you know, the ushering yeah. to, you know, it just... I was just lucky. I mean, I enjoyed being a mother. I worked at a A&W for a while just to, to get out there. And then, but what had happened once again, a change in my life is that uh, I was at the Pleiades Theater volunteering and I knew the stage manager and she was going out on a date. She said, can you, you know, take over? I said, well, what do I do? That's how I got my start. Unfortunately, she had, she had passed away and, uh, they had just extended the play at Pleiades uh, and they needed somebody right away. I said, yes, I can do that. No training. I just do. They, they told me what I, I had to do. And I just said afterwards, if you want somebody, I'm more than happy to take the job. Got the job oh. right away. I mean, it was just like that. I mean, who would have thought be- over a tragedy? Yeah. I have a question for you, just because a fun one. So you said you worked at A and W. When you worked at the A and W, were they still car hops? Were people still coming out to the cars with trays and bringing them back, or was it after that already? It was after that. Okay, because oh. my sister was a car hop. And oh, she, I know. We have pictures of her in her little little brown and orange gear and with a tray and the whole deal. Anyway, this is my dream now is to see Diane with an apron on roller skates. <laughs> And she'd do it too. I know you would. If I said, put these roller skates on, you'd go, okay. (laughs) Car hop has gone the way of the telephone and what else? Like eight track tapes. Eight track. (laughs) I think it's interesting that we have almost sort of gone back to that idea of car hop really in that Mm -hmm. during the pandemic we call a restaurant and we order our food and we drive up and we pick up like we're only doing drive-through or we're only doing curbside pickup so it's uh we have to open a car hop restaurant this summer I bet you it would be huge with Diane yeah (laughs) with my apron (laughs) yeah yeah 
It is. It's true. It's gone full circle. Be in your car. We'll come to you. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll put little bows in Diane's hair. Yeah. A little apron on. <laughs> oh. Steph, what do you think is different for us now than it would have been for Diane at 55? Yeah, this is interesting because this is the first time we've talked to someone where we we were alive when when you were in the 70s and like we were little babies. But I, you know, I'm, the 70s are very vivid in my imagination, but you were an adult and I was a kid. So I'm trying to think of what through my eyes as a kid, what I thought adults were like. And yeah. I, I didn't answer your question, Karen, but I'm finding it no, fascinating no. right now going going back that way and going, ah, yes. We interviewed a young man named Jesse who uh, we asked to make an assumption about women our age. And he said that he thought that we sat in bed and knit all day. And we <laughs> laughed and laughed. But I think when I was his age, that's what I would think my grandma did, that somebody 55 or older didn't work, stayed home, knit. When you're little, 20 is over the hill, right? Like, oh my God, you're 20? <laughs> Speaking of not sitting home and knitting, Diane, tell me what you do with your daughter almost every single weekend. She takes me out on a kayak. What? Yes. Upper body strength. Holy smokes. That's amazing. <laughs> Do you like it? I love it. Oh. My, my family all lives in Florida, so I got a taste of it in Florida. And, but when you're talking about numbers, I mean, anybody under 65, they're young to me. My baby's going to be 50. Yeah, I think. Now that right? was a shock. His birthday is next week, Billy. And you'll always be Billy to me. And he said, I'll call you Billy. He says, no, it wouldn't be the same. But I thought, oh my God, he's going to be 50. We go, my kid's 16. Oh my gosh, my kid's 24. It's never going to stop affecting uh, us when our kids reach an age we've already been at. That's one of the things that's dawning on me as I get, my kids are, are in their later teens now, almost 16 and 18. And I think that's starting to dawn on me now of, oh, that's how my mom felt about me when I was a teenager. Oh, oh yeah. And it just makes me cry because it, when I was a teenager, you know, you're whatever it is that you're doing, but you're a little self-involved maybe <laughs> to say the least. Um, but now I realize, oh my gosh. The love that comes at you that you don't even know is there is just there. It gives me shivers to think, wow, my mom thought that the way I'm thinking about my boys, my mom thought that about me. And that uh, blows my mind oh, sometimes. That makes me cry too. No. <laughs> <laughs> Steffi and I do a lot of crying on this podcast. We cry oh. all the time. <laughs> Diane, is it true what they say about the level of love that you have for grandkids? Like how everything starts over yeah. again? Uh, like it's the same love that you had for your kids only tripled or like what's the difference between the feeling you had as a parent and now the feeling you have as a grandparent? Uh, being a grandmother is really nice of me to cuddle them and, and take care of them and see them grow up. Kayla and Tasha still do all the hugs. Or I, some of the other grandchildren are not as as close. And I think, oh, I miss that. You know, I never thought I'd be a grandmother for a long time because the kids were all, they all got married in their mid-20s. And I thought, right. well, oh, I just you love them to death. You know? Do you have the same worries for your grandkids as you had for your kids? Or, or, or are you able, because of the experience of having, you know, already parented someone to adulthood, do you do you have less worries about that? I have more, Stephanie, I think, because... Mm -hmm. It's really a far different world. I mean, I really, our kids used to go on their bikes right. and they'd be gone for hours. We didn't have to worry so much because they went with all their friends. I was mm -hmm. thinking of questions that might, I thought maybe be a, 
younger child. I mean, we played kick to can in the street. We, you know, we had all those friends together. They all had friends and, but we didn't, didn't have the drugs, drug scene. And, you know, and if my kids did that, I mean, I, we had a rebel in the family. We always had that. We worried about him. We'll always worry about that, but he's grown up. Yeah. And you can great. see the yeah. difference in, in growing up, but you know, I think it's, I think they have a tougher actually. You know, kids today. Even when I was a kid, I'd be out playing in the tree fort forever with my pals. And, you know, I'd be gone for hours and hours and hours. But now, like, I texted Griffin this morning, and after half an hour, he hadn't answered me. So I called him because I was worried. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's another thing. They don't talk to to people. They have their friends at school. But if they're on their text, you know, all the time, instead of actually seeing the person, they read into text, too might say something, go, well, I didn't mean that. I, yeah, I, I really do think that. I, it, was so, it really was simple. It was a simple life that I had. Steffi and I, we're going to be 76, and we're going to be looking at what our grandkids are doing, going, oh, our <sighs> life was so simple. <laughs> I, right? <laughs> like, I can't even imagine the things that they're going to be doing, going to have available to them, how the world is going to be different in 20 years. I remember when I first married my husband 26 years ago, when I got a cell phone, he said, eventually, they're going to, you're going to be able to download a whole book in this thing. And I went, there's no way. There's no way it's you can put the contents small, of a book. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, our, my entire marriage has been, oh, this is the day Kevin was right about that thing he told me 20 years ago. <laughs> Well, this is a this is a silly story, but I remember when and it was in the seventies when my dad came home from work and he had gone to I lived in Saskatoon and he had gone to Regina for a big training meeting and he came home on Monday and he ran after after school he said everybody get in the car so we all got in the car and we drove to his work <laughs> he brought us to this special room at Gulf Canada Limited with this big Xerox machine and he said okay mama that's what he called mom give me your driver's license. So she put it there and he put it under the thing and it went boom, boom. And out the other end came a piece of paper with my mom's driver's license on. And we all just stood there slack jawed and like, we couldn't believe what we just saw. And now we can do that in our basement, you know, in our home offices. So, my mind boggles at how fast technology moves. (laughs) And I like it better now. I like that I can turn on my computer and look at Diane in her home and Stephanie in her home in a different city. Like I told Steffi, I still don't get fax machines though. Like I I get internet, I get everything, but fax machines just, I don't know why. (laughs) I still love that. And I hope you never get it because it's one of my favorite things about you. Hey, we should um, we should get to the point of wrapping oh. up. I don't want to, but we should. Um, I know. Diane, I want to do this I'm again. Sure. I want. To, can we do this again? Do you think? So? Oh, <laughs> yeah, we could do it again. Okay. I, when you come down here and it's safe, we'll have Diane over for a coffee date in the backyard. Diane, I don't know if you prepared any rapid fire questions. What we're going to do right now is we're just going to ask you three or four quick draw questions, and you just answer as fast as you can. That's okay. It. And then, if you want to, you can ask Steffi and I a couple too as well. We make them up as we go along. So, Well, now, before we do that, I just want to say thank you, Karen. I learned to do the computer when Billy was in Japan because I took care of all his money. 
that's a blessing. But coming, you got me on Zoom, and now you got me on a to iPad with a lot of help. But I you feel did. good that we oh, did yeah. it. So yeah. you made my day, and and I oh. so I could still learn. I so, feel good uh, being able to teach any technology to anybody, even though we still needed the go-between of your grandkids. I love that we're not knitting in bed. We're instead <laughs> teaching other people how to use Zoom and Audacity. And to, you know, to be really, um, to try to be really clever and <laughs> knit it all back to our podcast. That to me, when we were all trying to figure out how we were going to record this episode, was the perfect example of bridging the gaps between generations because we had four generations working on getting this to work and it was fine and we all learned from each other and we had to figure it out. And I don't know, to me, in a way, it's a little, that to me was a really great analogy of hope for the future. Yeah. Kayla and Tasha, they are the bridge. Yeah. between our yeah. generations. They spent yeah. a good half hour totally. bridging our generations today. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. All right, Diane, here's um, just some rando questions. Um, because my assumption is that all old people like liver and onions. Oh, well, that's no. what I thought when I was a kid. <laughs> my question is, do you like liver and onions? Not in your life. No, I don't. Okay. If you had to eat a plate of liver or a plate of onions, which one would you pick? Onions. <laughs> Me too. Um, United States or Canada, which is better? No, they're the same to me. Good. U.S. Good. because yeah. my roots are strong. But I love Canada. I've lived in Canada longer than I have in, in, in the U.S. Yeah. And you know what? I love that answer because it wasn't about politics. It wasn't about COVID. It was just about, oh, no, no. I grew up there and I love it. And I also love this place. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, tea or coffee? Coffee. Oh, Karen, now I have to take off tea or coffee on mine. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, this is a tough one. A romantic dinner for two on the top of the Eiffel Tower with Bill or a night volunteering at the theater? Right now, I'm volunteering at the theater. Yes, because you can't go to Paris. So long. <laughs> uh, Diane, if you could, if you were an actor, and you could perform in any play, what would it be like? What's your favorite play? Oh, there's so many of them. Uh, Les Mis, I think, is still one of my favorites. Yes. I cry totally, but Les Mis. Okay. I can see you as Eponine. Okay, Steph, do you have any questions for the lovely and talented Diane Blackwell? All right. Um, email or snail mail? Uh, email. Awesome. Musicals or straight plays? Oh, musicals. I grew up on musicals. There you go. Uh, Land holiday or sea holiday? Land. Awesome. Wallpaper or paint? Paint now. Yes, paint. (laughs) See, our lives change. Our preferences change, (laughs) listeners. Uh, Diane, do you want to pepper us with a couple questions? You do not have to. Did you ever play Jacks or Fall on the Wall? Ball on the wall, yes. Seven up. Jacks. I played tons of j- hours of jacks. Hours. Oh, to the point did. where I remember getting one almost stuck in my hand because I was so aggressive to try and get them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I never did. Interesting. Got did you ever play kick the can? Tell all hours of the night. Those beautiful days where, yeah, especially in the summer when it was light till 11, right? And 
because you could go out in the street and not have to worry. Did you ever play it, Karen? You no. kick the can and then you're at all ran. You run away. The last, you run away. The last one caught is the winner. Oh, I, I had know, my first you know crush on a boy named Michael for kick the can and I always wanted him to find me. <laughs> I am 54 years old and this is the first time I understand what kick the can was. In my mind, I always thought kick the can was like, you know, hacky sack or soccer. You just kick a can around. I didn't know there were rules. It's kind of like hide and seek in a way. Yeah, exactly. Only you kick the can first. And as soon as it's kicked, they scatter. Yeah, my kids don't know that either. No, I don't know it. This summer we're playing Kick the Can, Karen. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What else, Dan? Got another one? Did you walk to school? Was it like a neighborhood school where you met friends and things like that? Did you actually have no buses to take you? I biked for uh, kindergarten to grade six or or my – no, I, I could bus or bike. It was a kilometer and a half away. So for, you know, for a grade one kid, it was a bit too far to walk. So we could right. bus or bike. But then I had to bus to my junior and senior high schools. This is how I knew how far I was to get to school because I was seven streetlights away from school. So I would count <laughs> the streetlights. And it, like, that's how far I knew away the school was. Yeah. My favorite thing growing up as a kid is that the school I went to was Y School, W-Y-E. That was the name of the school. And so we used to have so much fun because people would say, what school do you go to? And we'd go, why? And they go, just because I'm asking. Why? Who's on first? Because I'm curious. Why? I would see That's how long we awesome. keep going. I'm so jealous. That's the best. Hey. Were, you in a, were you in any clubs in school? You, guess which uh, club I was in. Just guess. See, drama. Durr, you win a million dollars. Yep. <laughs> For uh, Brigham Dune. I auditioned for a part when I was in high school. I didn't get it, but I thought that might be fun, but yeah. never again. I was a swimmer, though. I used oh, to swim. Wonderful. So, you know. so did you have a pool at the school, or did you guys have to go to a pool? We had a pool at the school. Ah, oh, that's amazing. Wow. I don't remember clubs. I think we had a nanny club, and I think I nannied for a while, uh, which is kind of like after-school singing like choir only not like we sang i'm on the top of the world looking oh, okay. down on creation and the oh that one there wasn't any drama clubs in elementary or junior high but in high school drama club and i just sent Steffi a picture of me as a cheerleader in high school oh i that i wanted to be a cheerleader that was yeah didn't yeah. make that either <laughs> You didn't miss much. I couldn't do a cartwheel. We had great coaches and it was all just arm stuff. We never had to cartwheel. We didn't have to do the splits. Nobody lifted us up. It was really great. Hey, I have one last question for you, Diane. What is the number one best, greatest thing about being 76? I can do what I want. Hey! No, I, I've i always thought it's just a number. I'm glad I could do what I could do. The only bad part about being 76 is the arthritis is starting to kick in. I'm pretty healthy. I'm very lucky for that. But it, it's, yeah, it's the old age creeping in that I don't like. But other than that, I walk every day and I ride a bike and a stationary bike and try to do what I can just to be happy. I hope I'm doing that at 76. I hope I'm moving because right now at 54, I'm pretty stationary and I better get over that. We and I move so to. much that I wear everything out. Like I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, my philosophy is if I don't use it, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it anyway, so I might as well use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, on my last note, 
two wonderful actors. And I just can't tell you how much I uh, have so much respect for you because I could never go up and make somebody laugh or cry or get mad. I mean, I'm so drawn into those shows and you're just so talented. I, I don't envy it because that's not me at all. I'm more of a backstage person, but. Yay. But. Well, you made us laugh and cry in the best way today. Yeah. So that, there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, Stephanie Wolf, was I not right? Was Diane Blackwell not the most charming, lovely person on the face of the planet? On the face of the entire universe. That was fantastic. You were right. Like, you're always right. I never question your judgment. No, that's right, <laughs> right? We're on social media. What are we, Steph? Well, on Instagram, we are The Broad Gap. That's the and then Broad Gap, all, all one word. And on Twitter, we're at, at The Broad Gap, at The Broad Gap on Twitter. And on Facebook, we are bridging the gap between generations who assume things about each other. And our email is thebroadgap at gmail.com. And we would love it if you would email us with other people that you think that suggestions of people you think we should interview because they're rocking it in their own generation. Uh, yeah. And we would also love it if you would like us on your favorite podcast provider, like us, subscribe, rate. Do it all. All that stuff. Yeah. And Diane, you are charming. And one of my favorite Calgarians, and I'm thrilled to have spent this hour with you. And I'm well, lucky that I got to finally meet you through uh, my friends. So um, the honor is all mine. Thank you. Well, we did it. We did yeah. it. We did it. Yay. Bridging the gap between generations who assume things about each other. <laughs> Boy, I never thought I'd go this far in the theater. <laughs>